Welcome to the State of Men. I'm Aiden Dowling. And I'm Mike Watts. In today's podcast, we'll be talking about men in therapy. So I just want to let everyone know that later in this discussion, we will mention things related to mental health. Um, So just a heads up to those who may be sensitive about that matter. Um, But what we're going to be discussing is why don't men go to therapy? Less than one third of all people who go to therapy are men. What is up with that? Why don't we want to go get help? So we're going to talk about that in today's episode. And I'm looking forward to having you join us. Mike, how you doing? Good. Just go, getting ready to go to therapy with Aiden. <laughs> <laughs> this this can be like a therapy session, honestly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it kind of is in some ways. Yeah, um, absolutely. Good. I just, I'm rewriting a sales page for my consulting comp- business. Nice. And I reached out to a friend of mine who's a professional copywriter. And she gave me the feedback that, a lot of copywriters you know couldn't even wrote what i wrote and i was like wow this is amazing like it was the biggest piece of compliment i could ever and then she proceeded to send me a loom video that's 27 minutes long picking apart every single thing that not everything i wrote but you know a good chunk of it (laughs) so So imagine if if you sucked it would have been like a 57 minute long video yeah it would have been awful so um it was great though. Like it, she, it was very helpful, and I'm super grateful for her to have that experience um, because she's really expensive, and mm. she just did it as a friend for me. And oh, out of great. the blue, I didn't even ask her to. I asked her if she knew anybody that would do something like she did for me, and she goes, mm-hmm. "No, but I'll just do it for you." And I was like, "Awesome! Thank you very much." So That's I think I get great. a freebie on one, and then I think if I ever came back, then. You know, she'd be like, you gotta pay, gonna pay for it this time. Right. But so was, maybe you have a side gig. You have a side gig there. Yeah. Yeah. The side gig. Start doing a lower priced copyright, you know. Yeah. <laughs> or co- so not copyright. Copy. Definitely. Definitely not for me. No, that would be no. awful. Awful. <laughs> um, the listeners will learn pronunciation is not my thing. I had asked Kate the other day. I'm like, what is an adverb or an adjective? Like, what are those that, you know, we're in the grocery store. I'm asking her these questions. And she starts <laughs> like laughing Mad Libs. Yeah, she you starts pe- laughing play at play enough Mad Libs, yeah. Well, that was, we were in New York, and there was Mad Libs everywhere in the grocery store. It was yeah. by the chip aisle and then by the checkout re- register, and I was trying to find some for the kids. But I was like, they don't know what an adjective is. I was like, I should get this for myself so I can <laughs> learn what these things are. I so, only know a noun. Noun is like person, place, or thing. I don't know. That's a, and adjective is... Description and then verb is action. Is that correct? You are asking the wrong person. I know that you got noun right. That's the one I know right. Um, I mean, that's why we have Google. I don't even, I mean, love that both of us don't know this information. A verb is a part of speech that expresses action. So, verb is okay. Yeah. So, you were right. Okay. Yeah. See, pat yourself on the back. Then, what is a proverb? No, pronoun. No, Pro- what, well, we know what a pronoun is. What's he, a pronoun? she, them, oh, they. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't connect those dots right. until right now. Like, right? Everybody's been talking about this nonstop, and it just didn't even connect until right now. What's a pronoun? Proverb? Like, no, what's the other thing? There's a I, 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 I don't know. know. I don't know. Don't ask me. Okay. I'll, I'll, I know that you're supposed to, like, make a sentence with, like, a noun and then a two adjectives and a verb and i don't know but it's fine i mean we don't you know for a living i I don't write for a living i talk so that's that's where my wheelhouse is if anybody just typed in how to write write how to make a sentence in google since we are or duck 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 go since i'm using that is and the first thing that comes up is how to write a sentence for kids kindergarten writing it's a youtube video that's 10 minutes long i should probably watch that that would be very helpful for me (laughs) So that's what's happening over here. What's up with you? Nice. <laughs> uh, we've got Antler enrolled in school, which I feel like I don't even want to say to anybody because he's been enrolled t- once before officially, and then they stopped taking kids. And then he was about to start with like a, a more low key person who runs like a daycare just until the school's um had more we were on the waiting list here in Austin because it's just everyone's moving to Austin. So all the schools have these long waiting lists. 
and we did an interview with the lady and her and Jenny Lee had to be separated. I mean, it's a little dramatic, not that they were going to fight, but verbally the verbal uh, aggression, I was like, why don't we just end it here and think about it? (laughs) You leave and we'll all discuss. Okay. Like, I don't think this is going anywhere. So that didn't happen, but we thought it would. Um, So I kind of feel like the boy who cried wolf kind of like telling my family because Last the first time they like bought him a backpack. And then the second time my mom like sent us a gift card in the mail to like buy him some school clothes, you know, from grandma. And now I'm like, we're starting again. And I'm like, I don't think she's mailing us anything this time. I think she's like, you're good. You've got a backpack from me and you have the clothes that he didn't actually wear to school still. Um, but it just like, it's exciting. It's exciting. We're going to get our lot. Like we're going to get part of our life back. Mm-hmm. Um, Jane Lee's just going to take some time in the beginning just to kind of like re, you know, just remember who she is a little bit um, outside of being a mom. And she's excited to start up her business again. And so that's something she's aiming for for 2022. Um, So, yeah, it's just it's exciting. It's very exciting. It's also nerve like it's scary. Like I when I had mentioned it to you, you're like, yeah, you're just going to drop your kid off and you don't know what they're going to do for five whole hours. And then. And that's it. Like you have no control. You don't know what's happening. Um, so I've kind of just been like, it's going to be harder for us than him. That's definitely true. Mm-hmm. But I also feel like it's going to be easier. Cause like when we went on our trip, I was like, this is going to be really hard. But by the time I woke up in Miami and was looking at the sunrise over the beautiful water, like 30 million stories up, I was like, no, I'm good. I'm pretty good right now. Like Antler's mm-hmm. fine. This is beautiful. Let's do this. So I'm excited about that. He's just like, he's progressing. I'm, I'm getting pictures while I'm working of poop in a potty, which is not something I ever thought that I'd be excited to see because he's been using the potty more. Um, so yeah, there's just like, I can tell that by the end of this year, he's turning three in November. So I feel like there, there's, we're on like a, there's gonna be a lot of change, I think happening for the good, right? Yep. Um, in the next, so at the end of the year. So it's something to look forward to. And I feel like, I almost feel like we made it. Like he's going to be in school for the next, <laughs> you know, 15 years. We did it. <laughs> High five. Like, let's have yeah. a party. Like, this is amazing. Um, so, yeah, so I'm, I'm excited. And I, I, I know that he likes to engage. He loves to learn. He likes high engagement. And honestly, I just, I'm just not qualified. Like, I'm just, I don't, I don't. And I don't have the desire to teach him specific things either, right? So I'm just like, you know, I'm looking forward to the teachers, like, teaching me some stuff. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh, okay, so that's how we're going to teach this. Or that's the best way to handle when, like, he slaps me silly. You know what I mean? <laughs> yep. like, so, uh, so yeah, some big changes that are, oh, it's going to be, it's going to be great. <laughs> It's nice, I have to say, having two kids that are out of the house, like doing their camp things. And just from that, it's kind of, it's like, they're not meant to be around. I mean, I don't know. This is Mike Watts's, you know, take on parenting. Like (laughs) these kids aren't meant to be around adults all day and we're not meant to be around kids all day. You know, like they have to be around each other. Yeah. They get bored. I say that like Antler is so bored of Jaylee and I. Like, he's just like, these guys are so old. Yeah, they want to be around. so boring. (laughs) People their own age. I mean, it's like us, too. Like, as adults, do I want to hang out with, like, 20-year-old kids all the time? No. Or 20-year-old men, I should say. They're not really kids, right? That makes me sound super old. Um, (laughs) But, no, I mean, there's benefits of it to hang out and learn from the younger generations and or the older Mm -hmm. generations, for that matter. But, no, I don't know. I mean... No, I think with younger kids, like Penelope gets extremely bored because she's mm. such an extrovert. She just wants to be entertained all day or wants to talk all day, <laughs> you know? So, yeah, well, I can't wait to see how it goes. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, I'm Very cornily, I want to, like, get the um, the frame that's got, like, you know, preschool, kindergarten, first grade. And you put, oh, you're like, going to do the picture. whole thing. Yeah, I'm just, it's like, yeah. a, I think it's interesting because I think, you know, just being a lesbian at such a young age, I knew that having car- kids was going to be harder. Um, and then being trans, I knew that it was going to be 
maybe as equally hard, but very different, like mm-hmm. a different kind of hard. And it just, you know, it, like when I first transitioned, all I wanted was like a house with a white picket fence and a dog and a wife and a kid. And like, I didn't care what I was doing for a job. I didn't care if I was like, had a bunch of money. Like I just wanted the very bare, basic American dream minimum. Um, and so there's just an excitement of this, like, oh my God, like I'm going to have my little like preschooler hold up the little sign that says first day of school. You know what I mean? I'm like that. Yeah. There's just something exciting about it. So, um, so I'm leaning in, I'm leaning into the corny. I'm leaning in. Um, it's not something that everyone gets trans or, or cis, right? Like it's right. just, it's not a privilege that everyone gets to experience. So, um, so yeah, I'm excited about it. It's going to be good. It is pretty, it's cool to watch them grow up because they're really like their own beings, right? So they're out of your own space. Oh, I mean, yeah. you know, teachers, people that are around kids all day. I mean, like I'm not built to be around children all day. That's not my calling, right? Like that's mm-hmm. not what I'm here to do. But my mom, on the other hand, could stay with kids for all the time, right? And so I know mm. teachers have this as well being around because it'd be really hard to be a teacher if you're built like me trying to teach younger kids our neighbor across Mm -hmm. the street is a social worker and she says i really like working with older kids and Mm -hmm. i don't want to go to work with kindergartners i want to work with like high school kids or middle school kids you Mm -hmm. know because it's a different vibe um for what you're getting so yeah you always have that one teacher that you're like why are you a teacher like why are you here Right. As the student, you're like, you hate us. Like you literally hate us. Why are you here? <laughs> Finding like you enjoyment find in high out of hating you. Right. Like, right. <laughs> you're just here to torture us. Like, yeah. you know, uh, everyone has a teacher you can think of. Mine was Miss Delaware. Um, so yeah. that was her name. Yeah. Mrs. Delaware, third grade teacher. She just hated us. She just, like, yeah, she just hated us. So, um, yeah. Yeah, and class. Some classes deserve that because we were awful to this Mrs. Arnold <laughs> or Miss Arnold. We were awful. We let stink bombs off in our classroom. Like it was awful. We'd make fun of her because she would say "water" instead of "water." It would be "water," and just from the accent, pers- you know, it's so. Yeah, yeah. It was just awful. We were kids are our, so mean. Yeah, they can but, be so mean. It's all right, so- ready to dive into men in therapy. Yeah, I mean, some maybe maybe some of these male teachers need therapy, and that's why they're they're terrible. Because uh, I had also a terrible uh, teacher in high school too. That was just like you hate us. Um, so yeah, been in therapy. Uh, Mike and I were talking about this topic before we hopped on, um, and I, I mean, I think we both were blown away when we just did a quick Google and we learned that I had mentioned earlier that one third of all people who go to therapy are men. I mean, mm-hmm. that is not a lot of people. We were also completely confused when it said 14% of men suffer from some type of um, mental health issue. And we were like, that's not true. That's because men are not taking the test. Like they're not taking the survey. <laughs> right. Or they're lying on the survey. There's no way. <laughs> men just aren't taking it. They're like, that's, right. we don't have to take it. Yeah. They're like, oh, this this is the thing we get to opt out of, right? Okay, that's what I thought. <laughs> well, it is like I never take surveys. No, me neither. Never, you know. So no. I'm like, who gets surveyed? Like I've well, always wanted get, to be, you know, that they always you get do paid. Those, the political surveys of like this amount of mm. people, and right, it's a thousand people they've polled or whatever. I'm like, right. how do they get these people? Do they just catch them walking down the street? What happens? Like, where's the, you know? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe anyway. they got like a bunch of twenty dollar bills, and they're like, I'll pay you twenty dollars for three minutes of your time. Yeah. So I feel like that might be, I mean, that's what we've done that with my nonprofit point of pride when we need to like, just get a, a, a pulse on what's going on. And we, we have some questions we want to ask to the community. We'll be like, there's a $25 gift card or something oh, like cool. that. Um, yeah. Cause you can't, I don't think, I don't think you can legally offer money. Maybe you can, we never do, but, um, I don't, you cannot cause that's manipulating the data. Right. Yeah. So you have to offer like a gift card. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah, something like that. Um, So I found an article from AFC Counselors um, Association in Family Care is AFC. That's what it stands for. And the name of the article is Why Won't Men Go to Therapy? 
So it's a really great article. We'll link it in the show notes. Um, and I thought that this was interesting. One of the things I read in here, kind of the top few things that really stood out to me um, was it says that studies show that men who equate seeking assistance is a sign of weakness of not being able to handle their own problems and people, men who don't seek therapy and think that they can handle their own problems tend to experience less happy relationships with their significant others, higher rates of mental illnesses and earlier death, which I thought was interesting because it's not necessarily linked to suicide, but just that you die like early because you're, in my mind, I'm like, you're a miserable man. So you're this is for like, people who do not go to therapy, people who do not go to therapy. Okay. Right. And for men who think that they could like, we, I could just handle this on my own. Like right. I don't need assistance. Like I just need to buck up and get my shit done and I'll be fine. So I thought that was that like, you know, end the death part was kind of the more, cause of course I was like, yeah, of course you're going to have a higher rate of mental illness. Cause you're not, you know, you're not handling mm -hmm. what's going on. But the death thing was kind of interesting to me that you die earlier, especially because I well, think that ma it makes sense. Right. It makes a lot of sense. And right now, I think in the male community, we are kind of I mean, I just think of like we're biohacking to like live longer yes. and stuff. So my thoughts are like, oh, maybe that would encourage a biohacking kind of guy who like does ice baths and stuff, red light on your nuts and stuff like that. Like maybe you'd be interested in therapy because like this is a version of biohacking, right? But you're biohacking your mental health. So I was like, oh, that's kind of like a cool, I wonder what the actual number is. Like I wonder if there's a stat out there that says, oh, you lose roughly eight years off of your life if you don't go it to probably therapy probably is. Yeah. Point, I'd have you to know, you'd have to dig through deep some dive. papers. Yeah, but that yeah. would, if you were a therapist, this is good copy to write, to be like biohack mm. your, right? Because it's like, why do we have to do more? Because a lot of times with biohacking, you have to do more. You got to like yes. take these supplements. You got to get in this ice bath. You got to, you know, it's like the four hour work week. I'm only going to work four hours, right? Like the Tim Ferriss whole four mm -hmm. hour body, et cetera, right? So it's like where, so I have to do more to do less, Instead, I can just maybe instead of adding these new supplements or meditating more or breathing more, those are all valuable things. Don't get me wrong. I, mm -hmm. I think there's benefits of them. I do them all as well. But if I just spend an hour talking to somebody, that would reduce stress, right? Because a lot of this is all stress, right? Body totally. holding the stress, internal stress. And so if we don't process that, we're going to die earlier. So I think that shows with the article. I think that's pretty cool that they explain that. Yeah. Do you want to keep going through this article or you want to hop back yeah. and forth? What do you think? Yeah, let's do okay, your, cool. your yeah. article. I think it would be confusing. Yeah, to yeah, totally. Yeah. So the next point that um, wasn't surprising, but also I wanted to link it to something else that hap has happened since the pandemic and lockdown. So it says, um, uh, Men seeking help has increased. So the number of men seeking help now compared to like, I guess they're assuming like in the past, whatever the past means has increased, which is great. But also the men who have chosen therapy has decreased. So what I think they're trying to say is like men who want help has increased. Like there's men are talking more about wanting help, but them mm -hmm. actually going to therapy is not really what they're seeking. But instead prescription pills and have uh, decreased while who while those who pop prescription pills to tackle their emotion emotional ills has increased and I thought that was interesting because they also go on later to talk about how that could be prescription pills alcohol and other recreational drugs they say in over therapy and then I was like well even just online e-commerce sales and alcohol in 2020 went from 3 billion to 5.6 billion. Now, granted, this isn't just around men. This is right. There's women as all people are consuming the alcohol, yep. but I was just like, yeah, well, everybody was self-medicating. Was those numbers you just said alcohol, alcohol sales? 
those were alcohol sales just in e-commerce. So not overall alcohol, meaning e-commerce, meaning like you go and buy it online, and you get it delivered to you. Holy smokes. Yeah. And so you have to also remember that e-commerce isn't available in all states, right? So in Texas, we c- I'm pretty sure we can buy from Texas businesses and have it shipped within Texas. But like I couldn't, like Gary V has his wine thing. I couldn't right. buy wine from Gary V and ship it here. It would like it's illegal. You have to ship it from within Texas. So I, I mean, three to five point six billion. I mean, that's a huge. So I just thought that was interesting. That, and I think that's what. Holy smokes, that's a lot. I think the numbers are even bigger. I just typed in total alcohol sales. Period. Just the United States, and this came from Statistica. Because I was like, I thought. That sounded. A, <laughs> wait, wait till I tell you the actual number of alcohol sales. Okay, yeah, tell me. In two thousand and six, it was one hundred and seventy-six billion dollars. Okay. Okay. And in twenty nineteen, it was two hundred and fifty-two billion dollars. What about twenty twenty? I don't have twenty twenty data at this point. Um, so this, this was specific for 2020, this one. Yeah. So you can, so just imagine, this is just e-commerce. So imagine what going to the store and buying alcohol, how much it must have went up in the billions of dollars, right? That, let's we see, could, the beer as a per beverage accounted for 44% increase in 2020. I have to pay. They have to, they're making me 40, pay to get the number. 44% more beer in 2020 than 2019. 44%. Oh, no, excuse me. Beverage accounted for an estimated beer accounts for 44% of the United States alcohol industry. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, here is alcohol sales during the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, yeah, it's not, this is not con- easy to navigate. But so, at, let's so it was $252 billion in 2019. It and went above that in yeah, 2020. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it doubled in 10, 11, 12-ish years. I would not be surprised if it's like the low 300 billion, even just from 2019. But if we even go with the stats we do have, so e-commerce sales, so buying alcohol online in areas that you're allowed to, went from 3 billion to 5.6 billion. I mean, that is huge. And I think I will speak for myself. Like I definitely drank more alcohol in 2020 than I did in 2019. I have not drank nearly as much alcohol in 2021 as I did in 2020. So like self-medicating mm. 100%. Um, also smoked more weed in 2020, maybe because I was just home more, but I smoked more weed in 2020 than I did the year before then. And now I don't smoke, but like in 2019. Right. When I was smoking at the same level. So, I mean, I feel like that makes a lot of sense, especially men are kind of like, let's go have a beer and talk about your problems. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, I feel like most times when we do talk about our issues, there's beer included. I wonder if there was a therapist who offered like beer because like you ever get a haircut and they're like, oh, you need a drink. You want a beer? beer. We got scotch. Right. Okay. I wonder if there was a therapist. Who gave you a beer when you walked in? Like, I wonder if that would be a tactic to like get guys to open up. Like they have a beer on the table. Maybe they're not actually drinking it, but it's there. So it's like, they're not excluded. Right. So they're having a beer. You're having a beer. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'd be interested if any therapists are listening and you have the ability to try this, I would be curious. I think the issue with that is people definitely open up more with alcohol. Right. Obviously. Right. But then they're not able to, process right there's a way of not being able to process what you're going through well i think of like but i see what you're saying i think it's an interesting strategy right when you do psychedelics you're not processing at that time right you're just going through people Mm -hmm. are taking note you're writing notes they're taking notes and then you kind of do the processing after you're like hey this came up while you were tripping out like, let's talk about it. 
So I don't know. Also, I just wonder if a social condition, like if a man has a sip of a beer and has sees one in front of him and sees another man with a beer in front of him. Yep. What happens? Just kind of curious. Um, okay. So that was another interesting part. And then the last thing that I'll talk about from this, why won't men go to therapy uh, article is it says for many men, it's a wife or girlfriend who finally says, go see somebody or I'm leaving you. So that I feel like I relate to that so much. So I have a hard time saying that go I had an eating disorder. Go see someone or I'm leaving you. Or I'm leaving you. Yeah, meaning like- so it's go, like an ultimatum, see... basically. Yeah, right. Okay. So like men are kind of forced to like, well, I'm in therapy because my wife said, if I don't go to therapy, she's leaving me, right? Um, so I relate to this a lot because although it's hard, it, it's hard because like I don't feel like I suffered from an eating disorder, but when I talk to people who have like been to therapy and gone like to uh, rehabs and stuff for eating disorders, they're like, you kind of had an eating disorder, but I think because it didn't disrupt my life in some really crazy way, I didn't, wasn't malnourished. I have a hard time thinking like, yeah, I had an eating disorder, but either way I had a very disordered eating. That was okay. what I feel more related to. And Jenny Lee and I were trying to get pregnant. And she, I'm pretty sure she was pregnant at the time, but very early on, it was like maybe the first few weeks. I'm not exactly sure when we did try for seven months. So it was an ongoing process. And she pretty much was like, if you don't get your shit together with food and go to therapy to like, get your shit together, I'm like, I'm not allowing you to be a part of this baby's life. Like you're not going to teach our baby that body image. And, and he's not like our kiddo is not going to watch you measure your ketchup on a scale. Like our kid is not going to watch you put in your macros on a phone. They're not going to like, you're not going to not go have ice cream with our kid because it doesn't fit your macros that day. And they're also not going to like, you know, all the negative self-talk I would say, or I'd be like, I don't want to wear that. I look so fat or whatever, like, toxicity I would be spewing out at usually, I mean, 99, 999% of the time at myself. Um, she's like, I'm not, I'm not going to let you. And that's when I actually went to therapy because she had asked me many times before. Um, and I had said, yeah, no, yeah, no, I think you're right. I should go. But like, I never, <laughs> I never went. I just was like, yeah, no, it's a good idea. I'll look into it. And then a week would go by, two weeks would go by, two months. And I'm like, okay, she's over it. Then it would come back up. So that's, I mean, genuinely gave me somewhat of an ultimatum. I don't think mm. she would actually leave me, but it was more like, this is going to disrupt our relationship to an extent that I don't know if we'd be able to come back or like what this rupture, you know, this rupture might make the boat just never float the way it once did, you know, and we'll always have to be like fixing it and fixing it and fixing it and tending to this kind of like rupture in our boat. So um, that's why I went to therapy, went to therapy for eating, um, disordered eating, went for, I, I think it was about a year, maybe just under a year, we ended up moving. So I don't think I got to finish out the whole year. Um, but it changed my life completely, 100% can change my life. And I learned all about breathing. I learned that like, I really had to disassociate myself from other people and what their wants were and what my wants were. And why do I feel like if I look a certain way, I'll be happier. And I mean, that's a whole nother podcast, right? Um, mm -hmm. But pretty much all of that to say, the, the last time I went to therapy for the longest stretch of time that I've gone since I started transitioning, because I had to go to therapy then, um, was when my wife said, go see somebody or you're not going to be in this kid's life, you know? Um, so I, I, I'd be so curious to know how many guys out there right now listening have only gone to therapy when they were given that, or have only even said, yeah, maybe I'll look into it. If someone really kind of like threatened them right away. Right. Like, did you, cause there has to be a point in time where you want to make the shift, right? Like you can't, if even if your partner is saying you must go to therapy and you don't want to be there, it's not mm -hmm. beneficial for either person, right? Mm -hmm. So what was it for you that was like, oh, I got to take this serious? 
Well, I mean, my relationship with Jenny Lee is like the most important thing outside of my personal self that I care about. Like, so when, and she's very smart and I've learned so much from her and she has taught me so much awareness about life and myself and self-care that I, I mean, I valued what she had to say. I was like, okay, like we're literally fighting about this. And I know, (laughs) I know that she has a lot of value and I should, I should, I should probably really consider this if she's telling me. And I was also to a point where like, I mean, I was three years of eating like 1900, 1800 calories, just burning and burning massive amounts of calories every day. I mean, I was, and when I say I ate 1900, I ate 1900, not 1901, not, you know. um, This is basically for those people that don't understand what Aiden's talking about. This is, you see this a lot in the fitness community where it's measuring your macros, Right. And Mm -hmm. the goal is to lose weight. You have to burn more calories than you're taking in. Right. So you're measuring how much food you're eating. And Aiden, it sounds like you kind of took it to an extreme where, right. I've done the same. I've measured macros. I've done the whole thing. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think it's an eye, it was an eye opening experience for me just to see how much extra food I consumed from just like walking through the kitchen. Let me get a snack. right? Right. So, I think it can be an eye-opening experience for people, and then there's there's could be a purpose for it. But it seems like your story took it to an extreme. Absolutely, you can learn yeah. from it and then stop. But I just never stopped. So I was, I mean, I was suffering. I was barely sleeping through the night because I was so, I was fucking hungry. Yes, <laughs> my body was hungry. You're it was like waking yourself. me up. Yes, it was waking yeah. me up in the middle of the night. I mean, I had all of the symptoms of you know just being heavily depleted. And it had been that way for years, um, at least two on the higher end, three years. So, yeah. So, I mean, I, I think also my exhaustion of life and it was just tiring. I mean, I was not going to events. So, yeah, I had a self-awareness that it was disrupting my life. And I think maybe what it, what it really was is she was like the big iceberg. It was mm. like, like shit's already failing and like you're about to hit an iceberg <laughs> that's literally going to ship your uh sink your titanic so you know what are you going to do about it like are you going to give up this 8 year beautiful relationship where you're literally going to have a baby for like the illusion of being happy through your body so so yeah i mean it's a great question and and honestly i guess i'll keep thinking about it too cuz i'm sure that i'll have more revelations of where I was at. Um, so yeah, so that's that. If again, we'll link it in the show notes. It was a great article, not super long read or anything. Um, but I, I definitely related. It was eye opening and also related to parts of it too. Cool. So yeah. And then are you still like, what do you, what is your therapy practice now? Do you have one? Do you not have one? So right now I have a, I do not have a therapist. Um, I do have a coach that I go to, um, but it's not therapy. So it's definitely different. Um, yeah. So right now I'm not in therapy. I'd like to get back into therapy. I think I use all the other excuse that guys use or people use. Like, I'm just so busy. Oh man, I got to find one. Oh man. Now I've got to have to go through like five different people till I find someone I like, but I mean, you know, maybe this, you know, this podcast, I definitely think will help me reconsider and think and, Maybe I I do good with deadlines. So maybe I'll give myself a deadline after this podcast of just like, you know what, like by September one, you need to like have, you need to be going to therapy. You know what I mean? Um, Cause it's not, I mean, it's, it's just not that expensive. We'll share some resources later. So. Yeah. And um, then what about, um, cause there's two examples you shared were very specific, right? It's like, right. I want to work, you know, having my eating under control and then also my transition. Correct. So if you were to say, let's say you start September one therapy again, how, what does that look like? Is there a specific thing or is it just like kind of a maintenance thing where it's like you go to the gym to work out? Right. No, I think it's a specific thing. Um, I, I find that I do well when I just focus on one is I've also gone to therapy where I just knew I needed to talk to someone and it didn't, I would end the session and be like, did I get anywhere? Like we kind of went all over the place. Um, I was in therapy. 
actually, so I guess I lied. I've gone to therapy since the eating thing. I did go to therapy when I was in New York for six and a half months. Um, so yeah, so that, see, it's like, it's ingrained. I mean, my wife has an MSW. So like therapy is definitely something that is common in our life. And uh, that's still difficult for me to agree social to. Work? Is social work? Social, yep. Okay. Yeah. Um, so you asked me, what would I go for next? Probably, uh, probably health. I have a terrific, amazing trauma around emergency health, around, um, you know, just lots of health things. Um, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm pretty much terrified. Like I pretty much think that maybe like something might happen where like an air bubble will get into my bloodstream and then I'll just die. <laughs> so ER traumatic health stuff would definitely be something that, um, that I would be going to therapy to focus on. Absolutely. And then daddy issues. That would be my second, my backup, you know, <laughs> nobody's got those. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I know. I, I could have to find a real specialist for that one. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, thanks for sharing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so I wrote an our my article is from <laughs> I wrote an article. <laughs> I wrote an article. I wrote an article on the benefits of therapy. No, this is from vice.com. Nice. I found an article, very similar title. Um, here is here's why it's still really hard to get men to go to therapy. Mm. Okay. And so my first point um that I found interesting was there was a quote from Levette, there's a who's Levette? Ronald Levette is a former head of American Psychological Association and professor of the at the University of Akron. And he has spent decades researching men and mental health. Um we should share like what the definition of mental health is. Why don't I just do that before? Because yeah. I feel like this term is kind of thrown around a lot. And Let's see if I can find a quick definition of that, just so people can. It's a person's condition with regard to their psychological and emotional well-being. Because we hear this, like, this year in the Olympics was a lot about mental right. health came up a lot. Sure. So it's a state of well-being in which the individual realizes his or her own abilities can cope with, or excuse me, can cope with the normal stresses of life and can work pro productively and fruitfully and is able to make a contribution to his community. So basically if the stresses of your life are too overwhelming and it's affecting your work, your family, your production, your contribution, like we have mental health issues going on, mm. I guess is kind of a way to look at it. Would that, is that correct or? No, I like that. I like that. I feel like that's Yeah. Was like so that. 2020 and 2021, that means everyone on the planet. So, <laughs> right. um, so if you're looking for a career path, you yeah. can become a therapist. <laughs> Therapy <laughs> is on the rise, people. It's on the rise. Here we go. <laughs> um, okay. So one thing that I found was there was a quote <clears throat> that basically said, or basically said, basically, psychotherapy was originally created by men to treat women. Mm. Okay, so let me look up for our own. What does what is the definition of psychotherapy? Should we explain that too? Yeah, I mean, it, psychotherapy it's definition. It's the treatment of a mental disorder by a psychologist rather than the than medical means. Okay, great. Okay, so psychotherapy was originally created by men to treat women, and more than a century later, it still feels like we're playing catch-up, they said in this article. Mm. And so it went on to explain that the APA, which is... American Psychology Probably the American Psychological Institute? Association or something. APA? API? It's the American Psychiatric Association. Okay. Okay. It issued guidelines for treatment of a variety of specific populations, quote unquote, ethnic, 
linguistic, culturally diverse population, girls and women, lesbian, gay, and bisexual clients, older adults, and transgender and gender nonconforming people. There, this article was written in 2017. Okay. Okay. And it said there are still no guidelines for treatment of men and boys. These guidelines are in the works and they expect them to be released in the next two years. So that should have been come out in 2019. I don't know um, if those things are out there yet, but still, I think it's pretty profound to say there is a dire need for men's mental health care and the fact that male focused psychology feels a bit like an underdog in the academic world. Here we go. Here we go. So what, do you, what did you uh, find? 20, 2019 APA issues first ever guidelines for practice with men and boys. It's not too long, but it's lengthier. Um, learning objectives discuss the research that suggests that aspects of traditional masculinity can be psychologically harmful. Describe the role of clinicians in working to address the needs of men and boys and discuss the importance of encouraging pro-social aspects of masculinity. Oh, this would be interesting. We should definitely, I definitely get to read this. Uh, so this came out in 2019. So there you go. So this is a 13 minute read. So basically what that means is we've had guidelines for how to treat men in their mental health for two years. Yeah, that's crazy. And what, what, ha, for lack of uh, not a great word to use there, no pun intended. Um, what, so what year was, did we start with women? Over a hundred years year? ago. Because wow. this article okay. said that psychotherapy was created by men to treat women. And I'm wow. curious to see what they mean by quote unquote, treat women. Well, right. I mean, I think if you just think of what they used to say about like, oh, you know, like they used to have, you know, I can't think of the words, but I've, I've, you know, you learn about how women would be, you know, had gone crazy. Yeah, or, the hysterics. You know, and, a mental, yeah, hysterics. Yeah. There we go. Hysterical and all of that stuff. And uh, yeah, I mean, so women I in labor, they used to strap to a table to deliver babies. They used to stick them in a room by themselves. Kate's grandmother told me this too. You know, like they were in labor. She left alone by herself to deliver a baby and just like, let me know kind of thing when you're done. Like, <laughs> right. Just... Like they used to strap them to right. the table because they thought they were hysterical in a way. Um, That's great. Yeah. So there was something wrong. And so that was kind of the second point that I found just like the guidelines. And then the third mm-hmm. one was about, where they did mention in this article, this wasn't one of my points, but you brought it up about where I'm not in therapy, but I'm in coaching. They said, if we change the names of, if we change the names of things. So they said, instead of calling it therapy, we call it coaching, consulting, training, et cetera. It might be more appealing for men. So what's fascinating to this conversation though, especially even the example you gave about having a beer, instead of men just deciding to do the work that they need to do, we're we're gonna adapt the world that exists to make men feel better. Right? To make them feel included in this conversation. Be like, oh, we don't want to call it therapy because we look negative about it. Be like, no, the benefits of therapy are XYZ mm-hmm. and why you should go, versus like, oh, let's you get a free beer. You get a right. free beer if you go to therapy. <laughs> Look at you, right. right? And I'm very judgmental towards alcohol, so I'll just call that out myself as somebody that stopped <laughs> drinking. I mean, I'm happy to talk about it in public, but I have there's a judgment that I have around alcohol whenever we talk about it. Um, I stopped drinking over it's basically been a decade ago, um, but I just think I think alcohol is part of the problem, like a mm. big underlying like it leads. They always said weed was the gateway drug. That's been a lie. Alcohol is the gateway drug and Agreed. it's been legalized. It's a legalized gateway drug that leads on to pharma drugs, illicit drugs, like all of these other things. And that has been mm-hmm. a legal. So I could go on the, for this for, we could talk about this forever, um, which I'm sure we'll have an, there will definitely be episodes on alcohol in the future coming oh, to yeah. the state of men. Um, but I think it's they will, an adapt- they won't be all negative. Cause I know not I all negative. Drink, so, um, <laughs> Hold on. Sorry, somebody's calling me. I just didn't have my phone off. Um, so, but I think it is interesting just how we have to reframe 
mm. the this concept to like have men feel more comfortable. Mm. So I just thought well, that and, was interesting. And coaching and training, I mean, that's you don't like you're not trained, like you're not a mental, you're not like you haven't gone through the training to be a therapist. Like a therapist has right. credentials and licenses that they have right. to get renewed and master degrees and you know like they're not just like hey like i mean i'm a coach i don't have i don't have a master's degree in psychology or anything like that and i don't i i send some of my clients i'm like listen we don't i think you should probably find a therapist you know mm -hmm. what i mean because that's not i'm not, not qualified here to, to talk yeah. yeah i'm not qualified to talk about these things with you um so yeah sorry go ahead keep going no i think it's it's a great point because I think the cool part about 2021 is that we all have the ability to create what we want in a way using the internet, et cetera, right? Mm. Connect with our customers in this way that didn't exist mm -hmm. in 1950. But in, in the 1950s, 1960s, like in the past, it was people were, they specialized in these things, right? And so right. I think it can get a little um, messy is a good way to say where, because mm. I've seen this in the business world where people will be like, oh, I can consult you know i can give you the therapy that's there it's like no as me as a consultant for businesses i can in the consulting process i can see where you need to go to therapy right those things <laughs> will come up but that doesn't mean i'm going to help you with that right i can bring those things up in our sessions to be like but you need to find somebody that specializes in that correct yeah so i think with we we name them differently it gets a, it's a little messy Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, and then the last thing that I had is they had a great sentence here about when men suffer from mental health problems in silence and fall victim to substance abuse or suicide, it's often women and girls who are left to pick up the pieces and take on caregiving burdens, she she says. They're quoting a person here. So mm -hmm. this is really about creating healthier families and communities and creating better mental health for everyone. And they were explaining why men not need to stop being afraid of their feelings and scared of going to therapy. Because mm. us avoiding therapy is actually doing more damage to our own, the people that we care about the most. It's, it's, we're right. damaging, right? It's exactly the story you shared, right? It's the story mm -hmm. of just like, mm -hmm. you know, Jenny Lee was like, get your butt to therapy because you're damaging the family is kind of what she said. Right. Yep. And mm -hmm. so if they'd be better. And that's what I mean, how I started. Because I, I grew up in, in the Midwest, right? I grew up in Indiana where you work yourself. Like, I feel like when I moved to New England or go to New York or like the New England, everybody's got a therapist and they all go to therapy. It's like kind of a thing. It's like mm. we go to therapy. This is what it is. It's normal talk and conversation that I've found more so than I did in New in the midwest and maybe mm. it was like my upbringing because my parents never talked about therapy i don't think my parents have i don't know if they've been to therapy or they mm. ever have been but it was never mentioned um and probably wasn't called therapy either what was it called is well i mean like you know like m my mom more recently calls it therapy but it was always like a sh like when i was the when shrink. i first went to therapy oh, yeah. very young right. yeah i went to a shrink um, that was mostly like the word, the language. Yeah. I grew up in Long Island, New York. So that was the language that was spread. Like when I was 13, I went to a shrink, right. you know what I Which mean? Which were the quacks, um, right? The quote, these are the yeah, crazy quacks, people the, or something. Yeah. 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 I don't quite mm -hmm. know what that means now that I say that out loud, but, um, I just I remember the shrink and the quacks. Like I, th I think of like a duck that's just like going off and they're just like, mah, mah, yeah. Mah, mah, and you're like, oh my gosh, this is a. I can quack, like just go to, you need someone to talk to. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Yeah. So luckily that's no longer language we use anymore. No, <laughs> no, I don't progressed. think. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure somebody does someplace, but that's not, you know, it's as late as it's changed. Um, right. But I think that was like, it was never a thing. I always thought I could just handle all the stuff myself. And I realized like I started drinking when I was 16 years old. I started smoking weed when I was 16 years old. Mm. And that went on for, I had a good run for 12 years, partied a lot, did a lot of drugs or a whole variety of them. And that went really well. But when I think back to those times, it was, there was a lot of pain there. It would have been great to mm. talk to somebody, but I didn't know that there was a 
that that was even possible. I didn't know that that was a thing. Right. And so what happened was, is Kate and I were on a road trip. Um, this was in 2011 when we first started dating and we, she asked me one day, would you be open to going to therapy if our, if our relationship ever needed that? And I was like, I, yeah, I guess so. I was like, I, I don't really know what that even is, but sure. I was like, if I need a marketing expert to run Facebook ads, I'm going to hire a marketing expert to run Facebook ads. So if I need somebody to help me with my marriage, why don't I just get somebody to help me with my marriage? Makes sense to me. I was like, sure. And then we were about, let's see, Penelope was just born or about to be born. I think it was 2015. Yeah, it was after she was born. And we kept arguing over the same crap. Like it just, we kept getting in these Mm. like small underlying passive aggressive type discussions and we were arguing over stuffed peppers. I remember this, like at the kitchen <laughs> counter. And she goes, remember when I asked you back in the day about us going to therapy? I think maybe it, should we do that? Because I feel like we should do that. And I was like, mm. no, I think we'll work through it. We've been able to work through everything. And then it was the next day we were back in it. And I was like, let's go reach out, get him on the phone. you know. Yeah. And it was this guy virtually. And I had this idea that you have to go sit in the chair. Right. It's like the therapist chair. You got to lay down on the bed and you got to do this. And she's like, no, we can just do it on, on Zoom or Skype. It was Skype before Zoom. And I was like, great. So we just did that. And it was in our home and it was virtually. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, great. And we worked through in the first session. So we worked through what we've been going back and forth for for months or years. Mm-hmm. Right. And he like was able to point it out exactly how we keep spiraling into the same situation. Mm-hmm. And so that has been six years. And now I go just for myself or we still go for couple sessions, you know, and it's like when I start feeling like I'm stuck in a way, I'm, and there was never, I didn't have a specific example like you did to be like, I got to work through my food stuff. It's kind of been an ongoing roller coaster ride of Mm. things. But what's been constant is like Kate and I evolving our evolving. Is that right? Evolving, evolving our relationship to kind of the next level. And working mm-hmm. through like us splitting up in business to having two kids to just navigating the waters of life and what mm-hmm. that's like. So that's been, I would say that has been the, but then for myself, I go, I've changed therapists and then I've kind of come back to the one I've been seeing. I've been seeing the same guy for since 2015. Mm-hmm. And so that has been my, and now I'll probably be in therapy the rest of my life. Like it's hands yeah. down has been a game changer because I realized how I am affecting other people in my own relationship. And of, of course I do it for myself. Like I'm very selfish about it to get more of what I want. Right. Type mm-hmm. thing. But in the end it is kind of the sentence I just shared. It is uplifting the marriage, but I know now like when I feel, cause it's my support system, right? Like if I'm on a baseball team and I'm playing the players there, are my support system. They're my team. So mm-hmm. as we grow up, and since I started my business, and I'm working by yourself, like when you're in a company, you got team members that are there, right? Or working at a job. But when I started out on my own, I was like, who the hell is in my corner? Right? And mm-hmm. I know I just treat the therapist as a person that I can reach out to to have that support that's in my corner. Mm-hmm. Um, I love but that's that. been my journey with therapy um, and kind well, of why I ended up doing it. It's interesting you say that about having a support system because I don't know the stat, but I know that I've read and heard other places that like men tend to use their partners as their support system instead of using their friends. Like, I think I read a stat or something once that was like, oh, we asked women who their best friend were, was that they could tell anything to. And it was always an actual best friend. It was actually a friend. And then they asked men the same question. And it was, it was like more than 50%. It was a higher number even, um, that said like my, my wife or my partner, right? Mm-hmm. Like I tell them, I tell them what is going on and they help me. And it's yeah. like, it's a burden. That is a burden to give all of your everything, all your whole plate to someone else and be yes. like, can you help me like figure this out? <laughs> like, even though you've got your own stuff and your own time and um, you're part of some of the issues in there, right? Like you're mixed into the stew. So it's like, like not the person that you need to lean on for all of those other things. Um, no. So yeah, it's, yeah, it's so. like, it's a rough, 
I mean, I, Kate and I have been working through this for a year about just like we had a pretty enmeshed situation. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about it a lot on our pod. Kate and I had a podcast together for four years called The Kate and Mike Show that's still up on, you know, wherever you want to listen to if you want to listen to all the episodes. But we've talked about this a lot on our podcast, but it was, it became really like unhealthy. And mm. in this dynamic, not because I looked for her for my social life or activities, but just like how much we ended up relying on each other. But mm. we were, we are all in, we are business wise, we are parenting wise, like, yeah. And it, it creates this. And I've seen this a lot where it's like, men will be like, oh, let me check with my wife about if we're available, you know, instead of just having a shared Google, Google calendar. I mean, the best thing Kate and I have done in our relationship is have a shared Google calendar. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I want to plan something. And then I just look to be like, okay, there's an open spot. I'll book it. Let me verify that Kate didn't forget anything and just mm-hmm. be like, we got coverage for the kids, et cetera. Just a brief check-in, but I'm not looking for permission from her to do things. Mm. Right. And that's, that's, there's, those are two different things where I'm, I'm having a conversation with her about our life is different right. than me asking for permission from my wife. Right. Right. And so I think exactly what you're sharing a lot is sometimes where it's like we put that's so much pressure, like to think that my partner is going to be this fulfillment for me for everything. Mm-hmm. It's exhausting right. for both people. Right. Um, we have a shared Google calendar, too. It's amazing. Yeah. Especially because Antler's not in school right now. So if I if she has a play date, she puts it in there. If she has this, she puts it in there. So then I know yeah. like, oh, well, Chanley's not going to be home for this hour or two. So that'll be a good time for me to film something or for right. me to record or whatever. Right. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, definitely one great thing. It's not like both people have to be working. It's just, you know. Um, but like you said, being able to be like, I'm going to do this thing not is that okay right like not that phrase because then like you said it put it's just like now you know there there's too much of an of a, a meshment it's just like who yeah who instead of of being like hey this time's free i'm gonna go do this thing did like is you cool I, almost, with that you yeah know? like is that cool like everything's yeah. good you don't need anything from me awesome see you later and then allowing you know, because I think a lot of at least the way I'm thinking of it is like, you know, allowing her to do the same thing with me, even if Correct. it's like during a weekday or during a work day. Right. Being like, well, technically I have no meetings. Like, yeah, sure. Go do that thing. Go to lunch. And when you come back, you know, you could take Antler, so to speak. Yep. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, it's a good, good. It's good just concept, it's like so. we live because a lot of times we think about we have to have these teams, whether it's athletic endeavors or business or work. Right. But nobody talks about the team at home. And I Mm. think with a lot of therapy, it's for men, it's like to actually be like you're you're on your partner, whether that's a man or a woman, right? In this dynamic, like there it's a team. You you have a team at home and you have to treat your team like you're running a a company. And Mm. so it's like this element where it goes back to the sentence, that last sentence I shared about it's really about creating a healthier family and communities and creating better mental health for everybody. It's like, as I'm working on my mental health, that's uplifting my family in Mm -hmm. that way. And so we look at it as like the only way I can provide for, right. It's like the men to fit in the the provider box has been that I have to go make all the money and bring it home. And that's the way I support. Mm -hmm. I go kill the animals and then I feed my family. Mm -hmm. There's a very small percentage of men that hunt. Like, let's be honest here. Right. That so it's like at my whole neighborhood, I think there's one guy who goes hunting. There's mm. 26 homes here, right? So it's, it's at least 26 men living in. We don't have any. Um, there's no lesbian couples living in our neighborhood, but it's like 26 men living there, right? So it's like that's a very small percentage. So I think from the mental health perspective, that is providing in a different way. That is not the traditional yeah. norm of what being masculine or being a man is. Right. I'd like, I mean, I like teams. So I like to think of things in a team analogy. I play it. We both grew up playing sports and I like to do things collaborative rather than alone. And I think of it as like, if you're on a baseball team and you're the pitcher, like you're not going to go to the shortstop to help you learn about your curveball. You're going to hire a coach that is specific to pitching and you're going to learn from them. And then you're going to come to the mound 
And then you're going to be able to work as a team where you do your job and you get support for your job. And then the pit, uh, you know, the shortstop is going to do their job and get support from another coach. That's, you know, like yeah. football, you have the defensive line coach, you have the offensive line coach, you have got the, you know, the quarterback coach. So, you know, they're all getting support from outside things and then coming together to like form the team, so mm -hmm. to speak, right. Or the company or, you know, however, whatever analogy kind of feels more true and you can relate more to. So, um, so I mean, I'm, I'm, I'd be curious to all the guys out there, like, are you in therapy? Yeah. Are and, you in therapy? What's your take? And just before yeah. we end the podcast, I, I, it's like, I wouldn't say it's way easier for me now to go to therapy where I'm just like, mm. I email my therapist. I'm like, yo, what do you got available? Versus mm. before I went through the head game of like, am I weak? Am I this weakness? Like, is mm. this what, you know, and as I started going to therapy, it also changed our relationship where I would start expressing myself more, but there's also the reflection of watching Kate not be able to handle that. Right. Ah. So it's also the other <laughs> dynamic in the shift where it's as a man expressing more of my emotional state where she wasn't able to handle it. And so mm. she had to learn how to allow me to express it without going into her own vulnerability or what that looks like in that other way to be like, okay, my husband is not falling apart. I'm not going <laughs> to die, right? Like he just wants to express feelings to me in this yeah. way. So it's, it, this affects, this is upbringing, as I said, it's like upbringing the whole family unit because that's a yeah. big problem too. Women are like, go to therapy or their partner. It's like, go to therapy or else X, Y, Z. Right. But now I start going to therapy and now you can't handle me going to therapy. It's so, I had that exact same thing happen with Jane Lee. Yeah. I had the exact, she's, you know, and I'm just like, I literally, I, I literally remember in the middle of the conversation, I was like, I think you're just not used to me actually expressing like what I'm feeling and what my needs are. You know what I mean? Right. Like I'm not, and, and even when I'm saying my needs, I'm not what I think she used to hear was like, these are my needs and you better, like you need to fulfill them mm -hmm. instead. Now I'm just saying like, Hey, like I just I learned that I need this and I need that. And like, you know, I got to figure that like, you know, and, and instead of taking that on, just like, just hearing it, just, just actually being a partner and just like having a conversation and being like, Oh, okay, cool. So like, you know, like, how can you meet your own needs? Are there any needs that I can assist you in? If I have the availability, like, like just, just actually having a conversation instead of taking it all on. Cause most of the partners are used to taking it all on. Right. So you, so yeah, so that's, that's definitely a great, a great point to bring up. Um, and like, I just, you know, the whole I'm weak, I'm this, I mean, if you have those feelings, you, you really just, you have to, to deep dive deeper. Those are mm -hmm. so surface. Yes. If you have those feelings, you need to remember, like, that's literally what we like as men are taught. And we know that that's not right. You know, it's not right. It's like, you know, righty tighty lefty loosey. So stop trying to do righty when you're trying to loosen it. Like, you know, that that's yep. not right. Um, and, and just take some time to go over it. I mean, we have some resources, right? Um, there are so many more places online now um, that you can go and get uh, services from better help is a service that I've used. It's an online service. They also have sliding scale. So I've paid as little as $30 for an hour therapy session. And I've paid, um, on the online sor services, like as much as I think, like maybe it was 65. Um, and I think when I did 65, I just did every other week instead of every week. Mm -hmm. Genuinely right now goes to therapy every week, 30 bucks, like Venmo, like nothing, you know, she's just Venmo her. Um, she uses another online service. Do you have that list up? Of yeah, there's a few. Well, I, I just typed in, if you just go to Google and type in therapy, this is what came up originally. It's like talk space, better help. Um, it yeah. also has local places. So if you live locally, mm. you can ask friends. I find that's a great way. There are on the best 2020 on betterhelp.com is the best 2021 services of online therapy. Um, BetterHelp, I find these, we were doing some research about this before we started talking. Like they mm -hmm. have some great, it's, it's like just asking around who has a great therapist. Yep. Right. And, and you could, might be able to connect with somebody that way. And there is a variety of prices, ranges, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and usually p most therapists have a sliding scale if, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, like $200 is too much, right. For pe some people per hour and, and some, some healthcare will cover a certain yeah, amount some of insurance sessions will. Yeah. And 
yeah. So sometimes you'll do insurance where it's like they cover one week, you cover the next, they cover one week, like your therapist can help you, you know, they work with that type of stuff. Those. They can help you navigate yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. um, so yeah, to all the guys out there, why aren't you in therapy? And if you are in therapy, you know, I kind of ask you to maybe talk about not what you talk about in therapy with your friends, but maybe just ask your other guy friends like, Hey, are you in therapy? Oh, like, you know, I've been going, it's been great. I mean, you know, share your experience. I think talking about it is also really, really helpful and valuable. Hmm. It's great. Amazing. Thank you so much so, for listening. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening. Please follow us on Instagram, the state of men, and um, make sure to leave a five-star review. Uh, if you're listening on iTunes or wherever you are listening to this podcast, that definitely helps us uh, get up in the algorithm. Everyone knows about the algorithm these days. Uh, we just want to have more conversations with more guys and invite all types of men to this conversation. So thank you for being a part of this conversation. And until then, we will catch you in the next episode.